Welcome to Podcast Guesting for Profit, where we bring you the secrets behind what it actually takes to be successful as a podcast guest without being sleazy or salesy. I'm your host, Christine McAllister. And I'm your co-host, Nicole Janton. Together, we're sharing the tips and strategies that we and our clients have used to generate seven figures from podcast guesting so that you can tap into the true power of podcast interviews. Whether you're an entrepreneur who wants to grow your business, a podcaster who wants to grow your own show, or both, you're in the right place. Welcome to Podcast Guesting for Profit. Welcome back to Podcast Guesting for Profit. I'm your host, Christine. I'm here with my amazing co-host, Nicole. And before we get started today, if you're new here or you haven't yet done this, don't forget to follow our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you are back. Thank you for being here with us. Thanks for sharing this time and space. And we are so happy that you are. If you're enjoying this, if you're vibing with us, please leave us a review or rating so we can help more people and change the way podcast guesting and communication online is done to make it more ethical and more impactful and more relational. This is why we do what we do. In today's episode, we are talking all about guesting on the big shows, the top-ranked podcasts. How do you get on those big shows? The ones that we might call high visibility, those opportunities that you feel like, oh my gosh, that's the dream. That one's at the top of my wish list. We want to we want to share with you, this is something we've done. This is something we've helped many of our clients do. And it can be a really impactful thing for your business. Now, it's not the only thing, like some people make it, what's the biggest show you can get me on, right? But slash and we really wanted to address how you do it because we know you want to know. So first off, let's talk myths. Nicole, there is one big myth that we hear over and over about what it takes to land these big podcasts. What is it? Bust it for us. Yeah. So when most people think about getting booked on these big shows with, you know, maybe multi-million downloads, they often think that they themselves also need to have multi-millions of followers in their own social media, email, their own platforms, right? And the truth of the matter is that you don't necessarily need to have a huge following in order to get booked on these big shows. So Christine and I actually talked about this in our episode just two weeks ago on in detail, step-by-step, how you can actually get booked on these shows, any podcasts of any size when you don't have a huge following. And I just want to drive home that those same tips still apply to getting booked on the big shows. They still care about that personalization, that customization. And if anything, it's going to have even more of an impact because with these big shows, they don't really take pitches, right? A lot of the time they don't accept pitches. They get hundreds of pitches. So in order to get booked, you really, really need to learn to stand out from the crowd. 
but it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to have that large following to do it. So we've had, you know, clients who have gained exposure and credibility on top 1%, top 0.5%, even top 0.01% podcasts who did not have a massive following, but it was because they were able to showcase their expertise, show up from this really unique place that the host wanted to have them on because they knew that they brought so much value. It didn't really matter about their following size. What would you add to this, Christine? Yeah. What comes to mind is something that I remember from my uh, guidance counselor in high school when I was going through the whole application process for colleges, universities. And he, he made the point that a lot of times they're not looking, the, the colleges that are maybe perceived as more competitive, right, are not necessarily looking for another cookie cutter who checks the following boxes. Sometimes they need something very specific. They need an oboe player for their orchestra, right? So not to say you need to go play the oboe or learn a new skill. Sometimes what you have is just exactly the conversation that that host has been wanting to bring to their listeners. We have seen this before where when clients and students use our pitch and show up in this really value-driven way to a big podcast, we've seen it where maybe they were about to go on hiatus. Maybe they were totally changing directions or pivoting. And the host got back and said, oh my gosh, I have to have this conversation before we take a hiatus, before we pivot, whatever, because this is so timely. And it just came in um, at exactly the right moment for me. Let's do this. So know that your angle, your story, the way that you show up, maybe just what they have been wanting, what they have been calling in, what they have been wondering where to find. And don't let any of the stuff that you can see on the outside deter you if you feel like it's a fit and you feel like you could serve. But maybe you're listening and you're like, well, I actually do have a decent size following or list or both. Great. Use it. Use it. Don't be too good or too precious to use it in order to give you some leverage on one of these podcasts. We have seen over and over that B, if you've got it, that following size be at a door opener, right? And the way that you can make it valuable to that host is by sharing the episode that highlights you anyway. You would be surprised some of the biggest names online. I've had this conversation one-on-one with them and they've been like, yeah, I don't want to promote it. I don't want to send people from my list or my social over to theirs. Okay, scarcity mindset. Okay, competition over collaboration, right? Why? If they're doing you this huge favor and service and they're giving you this big gift, why wouldn't you share it as part of the energy exchange? People are going to work with you because they resonate with you, right? So it's an opportunity to check yourself and go, am I asking something from them that I'm not willing to give an exchange? And if so, is that in alignment with my values? 
right? And then to be willing to adjust from there. Now, regardless of your list size, credibility and bringing value, those things are really, really important in order to receive that yes. It could look like you're following. It could look like something totally different. What you really want to do is share um, the unique experiences and the perspectives that you bring. Like I was saying, you know, that you might have just what they're looking for and your perspective might be the, the diverse one that they need to hear. It might be the slightly controversial one that they're excited to explore. It might be on the cutting edge of something maybe they've heard about, but they haven't yet had the chance to research, to look into, to bring to their audience. So be willing to to own what it is that makes you unique, what makes your work unique, and be willing to put that on offer. Um, and and be open and be open to what happens. Even the act of, of submitting it to a bigger show is going to change something for you, regardless of what happens. Now, we also want to be realistic here. We want to address both the energy behind this, as you know, and we also um, have the ability to look at data points and what you can expect when you're pitching bigger shows versus smaller shows. So how do you go about pitching? How do you go about repitching or follow-up? These are questions we get all the time. I'm going to turn it over to our amazing strategy brain, Nicole, here. Yeah. So when you want to think about pitching these big shows, something really important to remember is that it's pretty competitive, right? Some of these shows receive dozens of pitches a day, if not hundreds, right? There is so much competition for appearances on those bigger shows. So they have a lower acceptance rate. So you want to keep this in mind and allow it to not impact your ego one and your ability to keep sending pitches. Because the idea here is that we want to control the controllables as one of our clients would say, and really focus on what is it that we actually have control of in this process. And especially when it comes to those big shows, you don't have any control over if they're even accepting guests in the next two years, right? Never mind if you're the right fit for them at this time. But what you can control is how often you reach out and with what quality you reach out. So I would encourage you, if you want to get booked on some of these bigger shows, you want to make sure that you're sending out multiple pitches to multiple different shows, right? Maybe you have one big gun in mind that you would love to get on there, that show. Maybe it's a dream show for you. That's great. And you can pitch them, but also make sure that you're pitching related shows, some other shows that are in that niche, or maybe some shows that the host has been a guest on, for example. So it's going to be important that you send out more pitches in order to take into account for that lower acceptance rates so that you can actually get the booking. And I'd also take a balanced approach. So if you want to get on those big shows, also consider pitching some smaller shows too, because the more appearances that you get under your belt, it forms a network so that you're able to connect with the other hosts. And it also creates a snowball effect. So we always see this in our clients as soon as they get into 
even sometimes just joining our programs. But a lot of the time we see it once they get the ball rolling, they take those first couple of steps and start sending pitches. They're in that energy of attraction. And so new appearances just start falling into their lap, right? People actually just reach out in messenger saying, oh, I didn't know that you were doing podcast guesting. I would love to have you on. And this is going to be the same for you too. So you want to make sure that even though you have that goal of the big shows, take a little bit of a balanced approach and just focus on sending out how many pitches that you can. Of course, this is going to look differently based on your schedule. And I just want you to remember to really celebrate where it is that you are at in this journey because we all enter at different stages, right? Maybe you're just about to book your first appearance, or maybe you've already had 40 under your belt and now you're ready to step up your game and get on those next level shows, really get your mission out to a bigger audience. You want to celebrate wherever it is that you're at because you're on the journey. And there's a huge, huge power when it comes to podcast guesting of persistence and being open to learning and to growing and just owning this process. So just remember to view each and every podcast opportunity that you have, every single appearance that comes your way. This is just a step to building your reputation, building your network. And so even these smaller appearances can start to become stepping stones to landing those bigger appearances that you really want. Now, of course, all of this is only going to be effective if you have a strategy, which is something that we really drive home, right, Christine? Yes, exactly. And I heard an analogy when it comes to pitching the other day. I made the connection in my mind, actually, which was this whole idea of being an actor, right? Now, I was a theater nerd. I love to perform. And when you are, and I've had friends who've gone into the entertainment industry, and when you are an actor, you know, of course, you have to get used to rejection, right? And on the other side of that, one of the ways that you can kind of mitigate for this like attachment to, oh my gosh, I just sent off this big, uh, this audition for this big role is you can do a lot of them, right? So that you've got, uh, you've got multiple things popping at any given time. I remember the first time I applied for Entrepreneurs on Fire years and years ago, I, it took a lot of energy and moving through nerves to complete that application process because he has a very specific application process. And I completed it and I sent it off and I was nervous and I checked my email for a couple of days and I didn't hear anything back. And then I got on with my life and pitched other shows and literally forgot about it because his process at the time was uh, at least two months to review and respond or not respond. So I just figured it went off into the ether. It wasn't going to happen. That was all good. I had moved on with my life until one day I got an email in my inbox that said, you've been selected to appear on Entrepreneurs on Fire. And it was wonderful, a wonderful surprise because I had done my best and I had washed my hands of it. And I had said, it's over there. What's going to happen is going to happen. And so you have the ability to cultivate that non-attachment as well by by choosing to try a lot of different things, right? And trust that the right ones are going to come back and that everybody has their own review process. And this is part of 
having an overall kind of umbrella strategy, right? Because we talk to people all the time who frankly are very short-sighted in the way that they're thinking about landing podcasts. They're just like, what's the biggest podcast you can get me on? How soon can you get me on it? You know, I've got a launch coming up. I got a book coming out. Like, what can we do? And we say, what we can do is you can move along to, you know, somebody else because we're not the right person for you with you asking that question. We want you to land these dream appearances and we know that you can. And we don't want you to fall flat on your face, right? We don't want you to have a panic attack because you didn't go in with a strategy. And now you have this huge opportunity in front of you. And the only thing it's going to do for you is uh, for you to be able to say that you did it. As opposed to having an overall strategy that can serve as a blueprint for navigating this ever-changing complex landscape that makes podcast guesting a solid piece of your marketing and you know exactly how to utilize it and you know exactly how your team can utilize it if you have a team, right? For maximum impact for you, for the people who hear it and for that host. So it's like one of my coaches says, you know, make the time to sharpen your saw, which to be honest with you is like so annoying for me because I'm just like, I want to take action. I want to take action. Like, let's just go do it. I don't want to stop. I don't want to back up. I don't want to take a day and plan it all. And I've been living my life like that for 41 years. I know that that is not the thing that's ultimately going to serve me and my goals. So I have now made myself accountable to people who have a slower pace, are wired differently, are wired to consider all of these different factors. And I think along the veins of like, we teach what we need to know, it's much easier for me to do that with my clients than it is for myself, right? So I'm sharing like transparently, you know, this is something that we really focus on with our clients. And it's something that that I believe in the power of fully. And that's why Nicole and I work so well together uh, to tag team to come up with our, our um, help our clients come up with the strategies that are customized and work best for them. So please, please, when you, um, when you are guesting, it is worth the step back to decide what is it that you want from this, right? We just hosted a live virtual event yesterday. We got a lot of questions like, like, where do I start? Or like, how do I X, Y, Z? And my question is always, well, why? (laughs) What do you want out of it? Right? Why do you want to get on that big show? What do you think it's going to do for you? And are you actually set up? Do you actually understand how to show up once you get the booking? What to do to set up the business to handle the influx of leads, right? What if instead you got booked on shows that were smaller to prove to yourself what strategy works best for you to get the ROI and then take that and you know, as I say, pour gasoline on an existing fire rather than like trying to light that little match and hoping that it works um, to explode into this bonfire, right? We want to set you up for sustainable success, not flash in the pan that burns out because you didn't have 
what you needed in order to be able to hold capacity for that big feature and to be able to show up in a way that converted. So wherever this meets you, wherever you are in your podcast guesting journey, when you're hearing this today, whether you've been on big podcasts and maybe you messed up or you have a dream of doing it and doing it well, or you're just getting started and you're like, that makes sense. All right. I feel this. I'm going to do some smaller shows. You can get an ROI no matter where you are in the journey. We have found that some of the smallest podcasts are clients and us, probably not proper grammar, grammar, but whatever, uh, have have made the biggest ROI on having these tiny little shows, right? And so we want to teach you how to make an ethical ROI and profit as a podcast guest. So in order to do that on even the smallest podcast, we have a free training for you called Small Pod Big Profit. And you can go to lifewithpassion.com slash profit and grab it for free for yourself. That's lifewithpassion.com slash profit. We can't wait to hear what you think of it. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing this time, this space, this energy with us on Podcast Guesting for Profit. We will see you next week. Here's to living your life with passion.